0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Programme.
1: Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the senior minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. Today we're in the midst of a series titled What Are You? This is lesson five. I'm teaching the book chapter by chapter. The book What Are You was written by Amelda Shane Shanklin S. H a n k l i n. I have requested that everyone who is listening to this series actually get the book, purchase it, find free versions online of it, go to your local bookstore and get it. I've been told it might be out of print, but there's various versions floating out there. You can still purchase it on Amazon.com. And again, I do know that you can just type in "What are you?" Email Shanklin PDF, and it'll come right up, and you can you can get a free version of it. So make sure you get the book read ahead. If I'm teaching it chapter by chapter, you automatically know what I'm going to teach the next week. If you're reading the book yourself, what you'll discover is this. The book is very metaphysically sound. I think it's one of the best core new thought metaphysical books that I have ever read. Matter of fact, it's the first book I ever taught. So, so it has a special place in my heart. Now today, I'm going to be teaching the chapter Life Pays. Life Pays. And it starts off with a question. It says, Do you in querulous mood in querulous mood ask yourself, does life pay? If you do, make this candid answer every time that the question comes into your mind. Yes, life pays. It pays me all that I am worth. Again, life pays it pays me all that i am worth. Now, let's stop here for a moment because i want to make sure that we understand that when it says it pays me all that i am worth, we're not saying your worth as a being because you're worth as a being whether it's a spiritual being or a human being because you you walk both, your spirit soul body. Your worth as a being in and of itself, whether human or spiritual, is invaluable. There is no price you can put on quote unquote life. That's not what this is talking about. What it's talking about is your consciousness. Your own thoughts, your own feelings, your own beliefs, your own concepts, your own emotions, your own attitudes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, only In other words, it pays you based upon your context of yourself. Life pays. All right. The next paragraph states a rigid application of the honest answer to the question will do you a number of favors. It will explain itself in ways that will convince you that life plays fair. It will reveal why your efforts do not always produce expected results. It will make plain the challenging fact that God's wage scale is exact, that on his payroll, no favorites are listed. It will show you that you cannot be paid for your earning capacity only. It will teach you the most important fact in the economics of the universe. Life pays an accurate wage. It pays you for what you do more vitally than that. It pays you in what you do. Now, the intellect, I'm sure, will go crazy over this because, you know, we live in a society many times where people feel as though that based upon very little effort, they're supposed to be uh, compensated greatly. Um, In other words, we have a microwave economy. One of the challenging things to teach children is that we have uh, that that. They should work and earn the things that they, you know, want. You know, you so you talk to your kid and they want such and such and such. All right. You know, we put chores around the home and things of that nature. They get older so they can get an understanding of working for what they want. What I can honestly say is this. Even those who feel as though they have nothing to add of value to life. I stand in the truth that anyone can add value and bring value to life. When you look at a person like Stephen Hawking, who is considered by many people to be the smartest man on the planet, he could have easily given up after he started to express whatever physical ailment he has. I don't remember the name of it and I don't want to say it, but he's basically paralyzed and he has to do all of his work through a computer, including talking. Uh, But he has produced books, he still teaches classes, and he hasn't allowed it to stop him. Many times we feel as though that the things that we go through uh, make us or put us in a position to where we can't give to life, we can't prosper anymore, we can't express life. And all I'm saying is, yes, you can. Life pays. So even though he might be going through something like that, and there are other instances of people who've had limbs uh, have lost limbs, but they still run in track and and things of that nature. It's the mind that matters, because as long as you have a made-up mind, you will push through for your breakthrough. That matters. That matters. Now back to the book. It says you'll find out about the products of your labor. Nothing is given to you. You get what you. Earn. You earn what you get. Uh, Again, just like a farmer, the harvest you get is based upon the seeds you sow. The harvest you get is based upon the seeds you sow. If the harvest is not looking the way you want, see, the thing about it is a farmer knows when to plant, where to plant, and how to plant. And those things matter when you start talking about producing results in life. You know, uh, are you trying to produce fruit in your life? I'm using this metaphorically in dry land, you know, or, and when, when God is leading you to put that effort, that energy, that thought, those ideas, your creativity and something else that will produce the fruit you desire. All right. Then she says something that, that I think is really important. You are cause and your circumstances are effect. You are cause and your circumstances are effect. You always got to get that. Now, here's the thing all causation is mental. That's one of the primary things New Thought teaches people. You are cause and your circumstances are effect. All causation is mental. In other words, before I ever see it in the three-dimensional world, it has existed in the realm of consciousness, in thinking. Before anybody does the most what we call glorious and positive thing or the most despicable and negative thing, it existed in the mind of an individual or individuals before it, it ever shows up in expression. And we need to be mindful of that. Back to the book. It says... Do not expect more and better than you have earned. Do not expect expect less and poorer than you have earned. Mm. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that the grace of God flows through your life and blesses you in ways, but get the point. Even if you plant a seed and the seed gives you more harvest than, you know, an individual seed can grow plants with more seeds, which can produce more plants, etc. So normally when you're planting seeds, your harvest is normally bigger. But if you haven't planted any seeds or you've planted poorly, that it, you shouldn't expect a large harvest. But at the same time, expectation is a form of prayer. So if you've done the work, then I would ask you about your expectation level because some people don't have expectations. Or, all right. See, but if, if when you work a job or a business or whatever, you expect the money to be in, in your account when it's supposed to be in there. That's an expectation. When you plant seeds in a particular season, when the, the, at the season of harvest, you expect the harvest. That's an expectation. If you're working in alignment with the principle, you should expect your blessings. Expect your blessings. Now, I know there are many metaphysicians who, who teach differently, and I respect and honor their ways. But sometimes we're um, straining a gnat and swallowing a camel, as Jesus would say. Their expectations to go along with anything. That's what I love about you know some of the Old Testament or Hebrew scriptures, is, uh, as as uh, our Jewish brothers would say, the Tanakh. When it's written over and over again how these different patriarchs had covenants with the Lord. In other words, yeah, God, I'm gonna do this, this, and this, but I expect. Now, one of the best writers on on that metaphysically is Catherine Ponder in the book books millionaire millionaires of Genesis millionaire Moses millionaire Joshua she talks about these covenants it was great especially millionaire Genesis she does several of them and that might be something you might want to look at down the line I'm not saying take it literally what I'm saying is it creates an expectation of knowing that if you are working in alignment with principle then you should have expectations nobody puts their a pot of water on that on that oven turns on uh, turns on the stove and ex and it says, well, I don't know if this water is going to boil or not. You know, if you keep that on there enough, the moment it reaches 212 degrees, it's going to boil. That's an expectation. And if I'm in alignment with this truth, I should expect the healthy, happy, and prosperous expression of truth in my life. And if it isn't, let me go back and make sure that the fire is on. Anyway, back to the book. It goes on to say. Page 73, middle of the page. The mind that is full of its own conceit cannot find room for the activity of divine ideas. Jesus was supreme in the poise of blended confidence and modesty. So even as we express this confidence and expectation, we need to be modest in the sense of understanding that we are the conduits through which the divine expresses itself. So it's not about my human personality. It's not about me. It's about Me being a conduit, a vessel of expression for the divine ideas of God. Because the Christ pattern within us, our true nature, God's idea of itself is the composite idea of all the divine ideas. So all the divine ideas of God make up your being. Next paragraph states. Let. Your living, not your tongue recommend you let your living, not your tongue recommend you. And I love this and I have a tweak. I think that she is absolutely right. Your living should speak for you and recommend you at the same time, at the same time, many times we don't share as true students, the life changing teachings that transformed our lives. So when you're out there and you're talking to people about transformation, not only are you ingraining it in your own consciousness as you talk about your own demonstration of truth, your own testimony, you you're sharing helps someone else. Many times we are too quiet about truth. You know, and, and what I'm saying is we have to now we have to we can consider looking at it differently. And on top of that, if you are good at what you do, then I would say, let people know about it because if you have a business, think about it. If you have a business and you want to, you have a product that is worthwhile, you know, I'm not saying that God can't cause that would be in, I would never say God can't and then go from there. But I'm not going to say that God can't bless you with you just sitting in your home, in your office, meditating that people find you. And if they're blessed to find you, they'll promote your work. That's that's possible. But I would say, as Raymond Raymond Hollywell wrote in the book, Working with the Law, you need to take the human actions and steps needed to support your working with the law. So there's a be still part, and then there's an action part, and then there's a speaking part. The question is being in tune with spirit enough to know when to do which one. Do I need to be still? Do I need to talk? Do I need to act? Do I need to go somewhere? Do I need to communicate with particular people? But to do all of those things, guess what has to happen? You have to be in tune with your own innate spirituality so God can lead you. That matters. That matters. You you have to realize and know when to do certain things. So I, I'm all for be still and know. I'm also for there's nothing wrong with self-promotion as long as you're not feeding your ego. Now, that's me because I tell people in a heartbeat, Come check out my show. Sign up for my class. It'll be beneficial. Now, I'm not doing it to promote the personality of Galen. What I'm saying is I believe that God has given me a gift to share with people, and I am not shy about sharing that gift. That's me. You can do what you want to do. All right? So we're going to take our first break, and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms.
0: Have you seen Unity Magazine lately? There's a new editor, a fresh new look, and now Unity Magazine has gone digital print subscribers you can access unity magazine for free from your computer or mobile device non-subscribers can buy single digital issues through google play amazon and the apple store sign up at our website and let unity magazine become your favorite digital resource for spirituality and inspiration to learn more visit unitymagazine.org digital Rami and his guests will engage in lively, humorous discussions about what it means to be a spiritual human being in the 21st century. How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m., only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell.
1: Welcome back to Truth Transforms. How are you doing? I am in the midst of teaching the book, What Are You? by Shane Shanklin. I do want to remind you that if you want to know more about Christ Universal Temple, you can go to our website, www.cutemple.org, that's www.cutemple.org for more information. If you would like to call in and ask me a question based upon what I'm teaching in this chapter or a general question, you can call in to 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489, and we will now go back to the book on page 74 now it is important for you all to know yet again that this book is really trying to help people realize who they are in spirit and from that awareness basically live life in a transformed way Now. On page 74, she talks about how our consciousness as our work shows up over and over again. She states that your consciousness pervades your work and gives it character, your character. You are recognized as clearly by your work as you are by your walk, your speech, your manners, your face. You're more broadly known by your work than by your personality. Your personality is restricted, but your work is imprinted on the substance of the universe and recorded by the minds of men. So in other words, people know you by what you do, your work. You know, at a job, if you think of anybody that you work with or might have worked with in the past, not only do you have a, a judgment based upon who they are as a person, you like them or not like them, et cetera, et cetera, but more importantly, you have a judgment based upon their work, what they produce. There are some people that when you need to get stuff done, you know who to go to. When you need a uh, feedback or some some shared wisdom, you know who to go to. And there are people you, you would never go to. And there are people you, you would never count on. Think about people in your family. There are people who you know, if they tell you they're going to do something, they're going to do it the way it was asked. They're reliable. There are other people in your family that are not reliable. If you ask them to do something, they may or may not do it, and they may or may not do it the way you want it done. Therefore, you know them by their works. There are some people who would never work with their friends and family because they know that that would only create a quote-unquote negative experience because you can love somebody as a friend or a family member, but you can't rely on them when the chips are down. And who really wants people in their lives who are not around when the chips are down that matters. So let's look at it from that standpoint. All right. She says, respect your work. It is the expression of your soul. It presents you to the world. It is a form of you. Let's let that land respect your work. Respect your work. It is the expression of your soul. It presents you to the world. It is a form of you. People know you by the work you produce. Whether you have a job or not, your works is all the things you do. You know, uh, one of the things that I personally take pride in is that people acknowledge me as a good father. I have a 15-year-old daughter, uh, Angel, who is my very heartbeat. And it's really important to me to be a good dad. And people see her interactions with me and how she behaves and the love that expresses between us. And from that, they can see... Because they've been seeing this for 15 years. That's a good dad. And more importantly, she knows she has a good dad. That counts. People know you by your work. Then you can think of some other dads who are not there, who are not supportive, who are not handling their business. I'm not making judgments on them. But they're known for their work or lack of work as well. So be mindful that people know you. Your reputation goes before you. It opens doors. It closes doors. It creates opportunities, and it can create chaos. Just the mere mention of bringing some people into certain experiences will cause all type of trauma. Not that they're there. The mere mention of bringing them into the experience. That's how powerful consciousness is. Anyway, moving along. I'm jumping some pages to page 76, where she states monetary values are not the wages of life. They belong in another category. They relate to the fictitious. If you spend your life merely in making a living, you you finally must acknowledge yourself bankrupt in essential wealth. Now, what she's saying is that, well, first of all, let me say, I, I'm a big believer in Reverend Ike and Reverend, I, Reverend Ike's teachings. The Reverend Ike used to always tell people, never say what money is not. So I'm a big believer in that. So I'm not going to say that a person isn't wealthy because they don't have because they have monetary wealth and they don't have other things. What I'm saying is new thought teaches total prosperity. Total prosperity is the money, the peace of mind, the health in your body, the loving and fulfilling relationships, life satisfaction and fulfillment. That's total prosperity. Whereas Monetary prosperity does not necessarily mean you have the other things. That being said, the quote Reverend Ike, the love of money isn't the root of all evil. It's the lack of money is the root of all evil. So I, I don't get caught up in the, the money conversation. That's really not my conversation. I tend to uh, work in alignment with what Raymond Charles Barker taught about prosperity in his pamphlet, Money is God in Action. The gist of it is prosperity is doing what you want to do when you want to do it and how you how you want to do it with who you want to do it with prosperity is doing what you want to do when you want to do it, how you want to do it with who you want to do it with. That's the gist of how he teaches it. Now, that has nothing necessarily to do with money because it doesn't have to be your income. Or your finances that allow you to do what you want to do when you want to do it, how you want to do it, with what you want, how you want to do it with, or what you. So, so when you look at the concept of prosperity, it just means that it's handled now. And if you're open to how how spirit can manifest as prosperity, many that can happen many ways, including through your own income, through the income of someone else. It could be a blessing. It could be someone you can win a trip. You could all type of things can happen. The point is, am I doing what I want to do when I want to do it? How I want to do it with who I want to do it with. If you get the gist of that. Prosperity. And by the way, I would strongly suggest if you don't have it, order the pamphlet. Money is God in action by Raymond Charles Barker. It is a small little book, pamphlet, booklet, but it is worth its weight in gold. All right. Back to the book. On page 77, I only want to read one line from the middle paragraph, and it states, practice induces growth. Practice induces growth. That's why I new thought you hear people say practice the principles, practice the principles, practice the principles. There's no difference different than shooting a basketball hitting a baseball practicing writing when you learned how to write see sometimes people forget these things you didn't learn you learned how to write uh by writing you know short words dog cat bat you know uh you know and then you went to from you know from cat dog bat to mouse House. And then you went from there to larger words and larger, more complicated words, and then putting them into a, a sentence structure with a noun and a verb and all, and adjectives and adverbs and things of that nature. You build up. So it takes practice. Anybody who thinks they're going to get good at something without practice is fooling themselves greatly. You have to practice. You have to practice that matters. You have to get your practice in how well do you practice? How often do you practice the application of truth? So how do you practice truth? Okay. Study. Prayer. Meditation. And when I say prayer, I'm talking about like affirmative prayer, affirming the truth of who you are. And that's important. And then there is living in alignment or making choices in alignment with the possibility of God instead of the limitations of your human intellect. Hopefully that lands. So if I'm there going to be times in the practice of truth, I have to step out on faith. There are going to be times in the practice of truth. I have to follow my intuition. There are going to be times in the practice of truth. Now, this doesn't mean that as you practice, you are always going to do it right. In the practice, that doesn't mean you're always going to be successful. You know, I'm look. You can look at world class athletes when they try to come back. I'm a Chicago, and I'm a big Chicago Bulls fan, and I'm, I'm you know, I watched the the. Um, the world cup of basketball the fiba basketball and derrick rose who at one point was the mvp of the whole national basketball association otherwise known as the nba is was struggling in games with his shot because he's basically not played in 2 years except for a few games so because of his injuries and getting out of rhythm. Now, he's a world-class athlete. But it's the practice. So the more he practices, the more he'll find the natural rhythm that went in alignment with his game prior to his injuries. But he just can't say, okay, the knee's healed now, and I'm going to go back out here and win the MVP and, and win championships and et cetera, et cetera. No, you have to practice. And if you want to play championship-level living you have to put the practice in if you want to be a champion in life you have to put the practice in over and over again i'm reading i'm doing things that enhance my consciousness i'm doing my meditation work i'm doing my prayer i'm writing down my goals i'm executing my goals i'm communicating and masterminding with like-minded individuals I'm making my life focus. See, see, we think that we can just be jack of all trades and masters of none and be a master in living. And it doesn't work like that. You have to be intentional. Because then life pays. Life is paying you for being a jack of all trades and master of none. And life is paying you for the decisions or lack of decisions that you're making that create the experiences that you currently have this is not a knock. Your life might be great in some areas and broken in others. What I'm saying is life can work in all areas of your life if you are willing to focus, put in the time, put in the practice. Because I'm a sports fan, I use sports analogies because I'm what because for me it connects and I hope it connects with you. But for instance, it doesn't make a difference how well of a conditioned athlete you are, if you step on the field or on the court, you have to know the plays. There's a playbook. Your favorite football team, basketball team, baseball team, they have coaches, they have strategy, etc. The principle, you have to know the rules of the games. You just can't pick up a basketball and run. You have to dribble it. Things like that. You have to know where you're supposed to line up. Well, when you start studying these principles of truth, um, Imelda Shanklin and the Charles Fillmore's and the Ernest Holmes and hopefully the Galen McDowell's can be coaches that help you line up your thinking. Understand the playbook, the principles, the universal laws that govern the universe that put you in the position to best execute the game plan, which is God's will that you live a healthy, happy, and prosperous life. But until you know the game plan, you might be using the power of your thinking, your consciousness, your causation power into areas that are not necessarily beneficial for your well-being. Sort of like shooting the ball in the wrong basket. That doesn't work. It doesn't benefit you. At all. Now, moving on, moving on. Back to the book. I love this quote at the bottom of the page. Be the model that you think others should be. I love that. I remember telling my daughter when she was young enough to Young, younger, but old enough to understand that if I tell her I'm going to do something, I always will do it. And to this day, she always tries to get a yes out of me because I want her to know that when she's dealing with a man, because she's close to adulthood now, that a man shouldn't tell you one thing and do another. That matters to me. Because if daddy says, I'm I'm going to do this and doesn't do it, and then says, I love you and support you and you know I'm here for you, then how is it different than when the man does it that she's dating or married to when she gets older? See, so we condition our children by the way we treat them. So if daddy don't put put his hands on you, and I and, you know, I tell people I don't believe in that beating kid thing at all, then I don't expect no man to put your hands on Put his hands on you either. I don't believe in that. See, so yet again, you know. But but when we teach love in the form of violence, then we should expect a certain thing to to come out of that. And I know that you know people have a different. Well, I came out okay. My mama beat the daylights out out of me. Well, you know what? I don't believe in luck. But I let me just say. Well, you know what? The odds say people who are who have had violence. Uh, who, who have been impacted by violence by a parental figure tend to pass that violence on you might just be one of the blessed ones who did not and did not end up with some level of damaged consciousness because of it model the behavior you want to see a lot of religious people are violent because of the, they believe in a violent god that blows up cities and worlds and tells you to kill the gentile or or, or the infidel or whatever Or says, I'm on God's side, and if you're not on my side with God, then you are on the other guy's side. And if God can condemn you, so can I. And if God can judge you, so can I. And if God can harm you, so can I. People believe this type of stuff. But if you're going to be in truth, model the truth that you want to see in your experience. She says, then you will attain you always then you always will have a standard of endeavor and attainment the excellence that you demand should be demanded of yourself since you have conceived the idea of excellence be wiser live better attain the sublimer heights that you expect of your teachers and here's the quote here's the quote unless the pupil surpasses the teacher progress will cease unless the pupil surpasses unless the people surpass the teacher progress will cease it is your job to surpass the person who taught you whatever it is that you have learned if you're an electrician you should surpass your teacher if you're a minister you should surpass your teacher i'm going to say this publicly everybody that ever uh said at the feet of the reverend dr johnny coleman as a minister and teacher to surpass her And the reason why we don't is because many times we don't think that's possible. We put people up on pedestals. But guess what? She taught us, you take what I give you and then put it with with what God gave you, and then you can go further than what I've done. And that did with mine because we have the benefit of her enlightened consciousness teaching us, which helped us or should help us jump over some of the hoops that she had to struggle through because we're not starting where, she starting where she started off at or at least we shouldn't be. Everybody should strive to be better than their teacher. Everybody. Then of course, there's going to be a better player than Michael Jordan one day. To think that Michael Jordan will be the best basketball player for all time, no matter what, is ridiculous because life always improves. Now with that, It's time for us to take our last break. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms.
0: Now and then, life is challenging. I may not welcome challenge itself, but I welcome the opportunity to learn from whatever arises, to grow in understanding. To flex my spiritual muscles. Every day is a new day, a fresh start. No situation or circumstance can hold me back. My life is not only about what's happening to me, it's also what's happening through me. The Christ within is my source of unlimited wisdom and creativity. I do my best when I respond to any challenge from my Christ nature, rather than reacting impulsively from my human nature. Every day I pursue what enriches me, enjoying the journey to my goals as much as the destination. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word, inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or a friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace and and encouragement order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you is it something you've pondered listen each week as victoria moran author of main street vegan shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms@unity.fm. at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms.
1: Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Before we get started, I want to remind you that this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transformed with Reverend Galen McDowell. Make sure you go on Facebook, like the page. I share different videos. I share different positive quotes, etc., things that I think can benefit your consciousness. And make sure you share it with others. Let people know about it because when you are liking things on the page, it shows up on other people's pages, and that lets people know what we're doing here. I also want to remind you that, this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you have freely received, please freely give. As you know, this show is – and all the shows are available on Stitcher and iTunes – And we want to make sure that we get this truth out to the world. I really believe that what this ministry is doing is having an impact on the consciousness of humanity. And as Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men or all people unto me. Therefore, as we lift up in consciousness, as we lift up the consciousness of a few, the few will draw up the many. But we need to hit that critical mass. So to do that, we need to make sure that we're supporting this ministry we need to make sure if you're a part of a local new thought ministry that not only are you financially supporting those ministries but make sure that you show up as a seat in the pew and give of your time, your talent and your treasure. It matters. We're, tra- we're we're not trying, we're transforming the world. We're putting the work in. We're being the light unto all humanity. We're being a beacon of light so people can see us, people who are right now lost in the fog of human consciousness and in the day-to-day grind can see a light and realize, wow, we can live another kind of way. We don't have to be stuck. We don't have to be broke. We don't have to be sick. We don't have to be unhappy. We don't have to be unfulfilled. It matters. So the things that you are learning on this show and on the other shows on Unity Online Radio literally matters to humanity and where we're going as a human race in the future now back to the book one last thing i want to say on the unless the people surpass the teacher progress will cease this is why it is important that you don't become a fundamentalist of anybody you have your fundamentals but that doesn't mean you become a fundamentalist a fundamentalist, just does not refer to people who believe in a particular Christian doctrine. Those are Christian fundamentalists. This is the truth all time, etc. Well, New Thought people can do the same thing. Well, Ernest Holmes taught it this way. Charles Fillmore taught it this way. H. Emily Cady taught it this way. Uh, Imelda Shan ta- ta- taught it this way. I'm a believer in the Bruce Lee reference. Bruce Lee used to teach, absorb what is useful, reject what is useless. Absorb what is useful, reject what is useless. And I'm also, because again, I'm a sports person, I believe that you always use the best of and brightest that society has to offer at the time. For instance, if a person watches or knows anything about the history of basketball, you'll know that uh, originally the hoops were baskets and the ball was shot and somebody had to get a ladder, go up there, get the ball out the basket, and they would jump ball after every May basket. If you know anything about basketball, you also know that you used to couldn't dribble the ball. You had to pass it every time. The games had were slow. If you know anything about basketball, you know that it originally the NBA and other and college had no shot clock. So you have very low scoring games. So they changed and adapted the rules to make a better game. The best minds got together to see how can we evolve this. So I'm a believer that new thought is still evolving, that these truth teachings are still evolving. If you're a member of the Unity Movement or the Universal Foundation for Better Living or the Science of Mind, Religious Science, Slash Center for Spiritual Living or one of the independent new thought groups, realize that the teaching is still evolving. It doesn't it didn't stop when Charles Fillmore said faith is the substance of the thing. I mean, excuse me, is the perceiving power of the mind linked with the power to shape substance. That's a great definition. What do you say it is? Because your, your enlightenment is just as important to the progress of the movement. Because if we make these people the only folks who are authorities in our teachings, then guess what? The teachings will die. We have to have progress. We have to think on these things. We need to push the envelope. We need to say, do I believe that and why? And is this consistent with the principle or is it not? What part of it is culture? What part of it is principle? Because we all come out of our culture, which means we all come out of a certain context. That means we see life a particular kind of way. We see life through our gender. We see life through our ethnic background. We see life through our nationality. We see life, life through our upbringing. And, and some, sometimes those things warp the purity of the message or the purity of the new thought message which is in my opinion butt naked God I'm not going to get into butt naked God right now though All right, moving on page 78 states that today in time is the fruit of your yesterdays tomorrow is the bud on the stalk of today my today is the end result of my yesterday or my yesterdays My tomorrow will look a lot like what I am planting today. What am I planting for my life? Am I planting the seeds for a healthy marriage? Am I planting the seeds for harmonious family relationships? Am I planting the seeds for a great work environment? Am I planting the seeds for health in my body? In other words, I'm getting off the couch. I'm putting the Cheetos down and picking an apple up. For instance, just saying, just saying, and believe me, Cheetos are good. I know, but you know what? Feeling good and being healthy in your body is better, much better. My grandmother, who made her transition at almost ninety, was still exercising at at eighty eight. She believed in looking good. It was complete vanity. But well, she believed in looking good. So for her, being overweight and out of shape didn't work. So she she would, she would had one of those, they used to, I forgot what it's called, like a twister where you would get on the thing and you would twist like you were doing the Chubby Checkers dance. Because she was determined to look good, even in her late 80s. And she was going to be in shape and her clothes was going to fit. That mattered to her. Now you do it for whatever reason you need to do it for, but I'm saying it works if you work it now. And tomorrow is the bud of the stalk of today. All right. Bottom of the page it states. Uh, now let me deal with page top of page seventy nine because I'm running out of time. I only have about five minutes left. You cannot. You cannot have a spiritualized, redeemed body without first spiritualizing, redeeming your consciousness. The incorruptible living body of God is the essential body from which your physical body emerges. Your essential body occupies your physical body and your physical body will be converted into the substance of God's body as you let the body of God diffuse itself through your flesh, cleansing the atomic entities and awakening them in resurrection and the resurrection of immortality that was a very heavy and hardcore statement and i'm not backing away from it what she's saying is that if your consciousness is cause and the three-dimensional world is effect that means that your body can take on or express the properties of spirit in a physical way If you read books like uh, the the Spontaneous Evolution by Bruce Lipton, and he wrote another book, I believe it's called The Biology of Belief. This guy is a world-renowned scientist who is basically saying that there is no reason why consciousness cannot heal the body and sustain health as long as it wants to. And there are times, and that science can't explain, when evolution spontaneously happens with all species, where there is it was one way, and then something happened, something, and now it's different. You know, it evolves up. You know that. You know that fish evolves into something else. That giraffe, meaning it reached the high fruit neck starts to grow why why but it happens and if you are the highest and greatest creation walking on the planet earth then you should have the same level of evolution if there are lizards where you Cut off the head and the body can grow another head with a brain, with eyes, with a mouth. Who's to say what is and what's not possible for a human being? But have we tapped into those latent possibilities? I would say no. It makes you think. I want to cover one more thing because this I've not even t- skimmed the surface of this paragraph. I mean, of this chapter, and I want to say two quick things. Page 81, the integrity of your efforts count your words, your claims, your intentions speak forth to manifestation when they are vitalized by an intense sincerity. So integrity counts. Are you sincere in what you do? Because the divine law is not looking just at your actions. And I say, look, I'm using that metaphorically. It's also dealing with your intent. What type of intent do you have? Because you can tell somebody "I love you," and that's one intent. You could tell another person "I love you," not meaning you're trying to manipulate them. So it's not just what you do or say; it's the intent behind it, because that's what's registering in divine law. So you will reap what you sow. So, the last thing is this, because we were basically out of time. On page eighty-nine, there's three affirmations that I want you to work with. Life pays; it pays me all that I am worth. Second one is I give as I receive, I receive, I receive as I give. i am gonna repeat that. I give as I receive, I receive as I give. Number three, I give myself to God that I may receive him or it or spirit or have a t- whatever term. You might not want to use the male uh, terminology. Uh, I give myself to God that I may receive, may receive him. Now, as you work with this you will continue to transfer on and work with your own consciousness so we're going to call it a day remember you have the ability to live a championship level life life pays life always pays according to your consciousness God bless you I'll be with you next week
0: thank you for tuning in to truth transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, online at www.cutemple.org, and on Facebook and Twitter under Cu Temple. inspiration only takes a moment your friends at unity invite you to reflect on these words from reverend jim rosemary pause and take a deep breath when you are ready affirm silently to yourself sweet sweet spirit i desire a closer walk with you show me the way i am listening